in a world where rolling over on one's beliefs is easier than holding the door open for a stranger, it's truly refreshing to know that there are people that exist who not only take their convictions seriously, but who also work to share those convictions with others, particularly the ones that everyone could be deploying in their own lives. We look up to the people with conviction, at least I do, those with immovable beliefs, who change society, who are willing to suffer, to wait, and also to persevere. We don't always have to agree with these people, folks, but it's my opinion that if a person believes in something that strongly, and that the belief has the power to change the trajectory of another person's life in a positive way, there's almost an obligation for these types of convictions to be shared and heeded. But hey, don't, don't take my word for any of this. Look to your past. Look to the moments when you were someone you respected had conviction and was steadfast in that conviction. Do you remember the feeling it gave you? And no, I'm not talking about superiority, you mongrels. <laughs> I'm talking about ownership over one's life and beliefs. Even if right now, they only exist in fleeting moments. It's a very powerful thing when your parachute opens and it's stitched together entirely by your conviction. This is one topic of a small handful that we will be discussing on today's show, so I'm glad you decided to swing through on the way to your next destination. That being said, we'll get started right after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back, dear listeners, to my humble abode. I am your host and partner in philosophical crime, Caleb Meacham, and I am sincerely glad that you stopped by for a visit. Today's show is being brought to you by ThisAtypicalMan.com, as well as a new organization called Mind Journals, which is an organization that has developed a line of personal journals for men who don't like to journal, incidentally. So how about that? It's an incredible tool that I and many of the listeners use on a daily basis to keep their schedules and their lives in order. I sincerely, sincerely hope you go and you check them out when time permits um, over at mindjournals.com. That's M-I-N-D journals, all one word, dot com. You know, Hugh Prather once wrote that discouragement, if pursued, is the exercise of an option to turn from creative to non-creative mental activity, to turn from what is present to what is over, to turn from that which builds to that which destroys. By becoming conscious of the option my mood sets before me, I am free to decline it. Meech, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I'm about to tell you. I'm talking about the ability to choose, through conviction, how... You're going to navigate and negotiate the days of your life and make no excuses during the process. I'll give you a great example. I think many of you are aware of this, but Governor Abbott here in Texas has, and again, I'm sure by now, most of you have heard, decided that on March 10th, he's going to lift the, man, the mask mandate here in the state of Texas, and people will be allowed to choose whether they wear a mask 
or whether they require their employees and or customers to wear a mask while either dining at their restaurant or shopping at their store. Did everyone agree with this decision? Hell no. Hell no, they didn't. The turkeys, if you will, that pay rent over there on the left lit his ass on fire on social media after the announcement. And however, the conservatives, at least the ones I know and the ones I've seen, applauded the decision using phrases like, it's about damn time, why did this take so long, yada, yada, yada. This is conviction, ladies and gentlemen, whether you agree with his decision or not. It doesn't change the fact that that decision was made through his personal conviction. See, conviction is shown in how we live, dear listeners. Oftentimes, we don't understand our lives, why we burn through marriages, boyfriends, decisions, jobs, girlfriends, significant others. This can happen, whether defined as wrong or not, because we have convictions. It's either that it's either that, or we don't have any. You understand? We're like jellyfish without them, being carried along by life. That's what it seems like, at least in my estimation. And without them, meaning convictions, we don't really stand for anything. And we really don't believe in anything, anything of substance, I guess I should say. Indecisive people have a hard time making decisions, right? That's a given. And they're constantly second-guessing themselves. These folks are often unstable in dating, jobs, and relationships because they lack the anchor that guides their decisions, i.e., their own personal convictions. On the flip side of that coin, sometimes the people we see that do have conviction through their passion can make us feel really small or ashamed that we live maybe smaller lives and they can make us realize that we lack the kind of personal conviction ourselves. Does that make sense? I'll give you another great example. And I talked about this on the video cast yesterday that I put online. I quit smoking back in October. One of the best decisions of my life, by the way. And I went into my local vape shop yesterday to pick up some e-juice and a couple of coils for the rig that I use. I've known the owner for a long time. Even before I quit smoking completely, I would go in there now and then and just, you know, pick up maybe a, a pod mod or a little vape pen or something just to kind of start weaning myself off the cigs. You know what I mean? And I asked him, I asked the owner what his plans were for March 10th and beyond. And he told me that he planned on requiring his employees and the customers that come into his shop to all wear masks. His answer did surprise me a little bit, but it is quite literally his business. And I respect his decision. I did, however, ask him if he could tell me why he made that decision. And his response was short and sweet. He says, well, Meech, this isn't over, in my opinion. 
and there's still a lot of people, you know, carrying the virus and I don't want to risk someone getting sick because we weren't wearing, we weren't wearing, well, excuse me, geez, I can get these teeth fixed. We weren't wearing, good grief. We weren't wearing masks. There it is. Good God. I get it, ladies and gentlemen. But at the same time, there is always an element of risk. Always. And without risk, it's my opinion and the opinion of a lot of other people that the sheer ability to take risks is proof positive that we have personal freedom. We get to choose. We choose the decisions we make. And I said in the video yesterday that as an employer, I would not force my employees to wear a mask if they didn't want to. If, if they want to wear one, they can absolutely do so. And, I, and I'm not going to give them shit for that. If the customers want to wear a mask when they come into the shop or I'm out visiting with them at their offices or at their shops, if they want to wear a mask around me, great. But I'm not going to force them to do it. I'm not going to tell them, look, we can't talk. We, we can't do business. We can't hang out. We can't be friends. You can't work here because you're not wearing a damn mask. That is not freedom, ladies and gentlemen. That is bondage by definition. Forcing other people to do those things, albeit your business, that's fine. But the people are allowed to choose. And they should be allowed to choose. If you want to wear a mask because you feel safer, great. And if you believe in the efficacy of masks and now these litany of vaccines coming out, why are you going to force people to wear a mask and continue to have them hiding their face, breathing through this nasty cloth of bacteria and pocketed just disgustingness? Until what did Joe Biden say yesterday or today? President Biden said, we're going to keep doing this at least for another year. Joe, are you doing okay? Another year? I don't hardly think so. If you don't agree with the mask mandates being lifted, you don't have to visit these places. And if you do live here, keep wearing your mask. Go get the vaccine, keep wearing your mask, and keep social distancing. I said this at the very beginning of this endeavor, that unless or until someone can come and prove to me with actual proof through testing, through prolonged testing, that one, the masks work, two, they don't affect us in a negative way after prolonged use, these are the two biggest things. Now you've got people wearing cloth masks, you've got people wearing gaiters. There are people at the gym I go to, and I am not kidding about this, that wear plastic shields on their face. Hmm? Can somebody help me understand, please? And then you've got it in a completely different direction with other people in the government not only suggesting, but actually doing it, wearing two masks at a time, two masks at a time. Are you joking? 
Fauci, did you bump your head? If you did or if you didn't, you need to go get it examined. I'm not sure you're doing all right. The American people have had it. And this is just another example of conviction. The store owner was deploying his own conviction because his words were he wants to keep his employees and his customers safe. I can appreciate that. I'll just go to another vape shop. Because starting on the 10th of March, I'm not wearing a mask unless I absolutely, for whatever reason, have to. If I'm going to see a customer or I'm closing a sale with a customer and we're sitting in a boardroom and I can't close the deal without a mask on my face, fine. Gators up. I'm not using these N95s. I'm not using these cloth masks. I'm going to put a gator over my face. I'm going to ask him to sign right here, initial here, sign here, initial here, and I am out the door. This isn't rocket science, ladies and gentlemen. What are some of the areas in your life where you've either had conviction or you felt that you wish you would have had a conviction in a certain moment? I bet you can think of some. I guarantee you can. Was it standing up to a bully in school? Was it ending a relationship that you knew was toxic? And through your own conviction, you said, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I am not going to let you treat me like this anymore, like I'm a second-class citizen. This isn't who I am. This isn't what I'm about. There's a certain emotional intelligence that goes into the ability to develop and deploy real conviction. Do you have it? It's a huge trait in the leadership community. Forbes actually did an article back on uh, June 28th of 16 called Why the Best Leaders Have Conviction. It's a terrific article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I never do because I don't want you guys to get bored and turn this damn thing off and go listen to somebody else. But it's kind of curious the way they unpack the information, not just from a leadership standpoint, but the response that they get from their constituents, their employees, and a lot of their customers. When they see the true conviction shining through a conversation or a product, service, or solution. You know what I mean? It's real brief. It goes like this. Conviction in a leader is an incredible as an incredibly valuable yet increasingly rare trait. It's in short supply because our brains are wired to overreact to uncertainty with fear. I am going to read that part one more time. It's in short supply because our brains are wired to overreact to uncertainty with fear. Does that sound like anybody you know? I bet it does. Mm -hmm. As uncertainty increases, the brain shifts control over to the limbic system, the place where emotions such as anxiety and panic are generated. Is this making sense? Good. The brain quirk worked well eons ago when cavemen entered an unfamiliar area and didn't know who or what might be lurking behind the bushes. Overwhelming caution and fear ensured survival, but that is not the case today. This mechanism, which hasn't evolved, is a hindrance in the world of business where uncertainty rules 
and important decisions must be made every day with minimal information. That's very true, ladies and gentlemen. It's very rare, especially if you're a CEO or a president of sales, president of, um, or a director of sales, marketing, whatever it is, you've got a lot going on during the day, right? You've got a lot of people that report to you. You've got a lot of information to get out and have given to you in order to make decisions. Are you always going to have all the information you need? No, you are not. But where conviction comes in is in the decision-making process, not being indecisive. I'd be lying to you, dear listeners, if I told you that I haven't struggled with this in the past, in my own life, indecisiveness, I mean. For a very long time in my life, all I wanted to do was please people. I didn't want there to be conflict. I didn't want there to be awkward moments. And as I grew as a person and grew in my career, it became abundantly clear to me, which is, again, kind of a no-brainer, you're never going to be able to satisfy everyone. You're never going to be able to please everyone. Because the fact of the matter happens to be is that there are people in this world who, one, do not want to be pleased. They want to remain the victim and hold themselves in that space. Hold themselves in contempt, if you will. And at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, whether we want to admit it or not, there are people in this world who just want to see this world burn. It's gross. It's a little creepy. But it is nonetheless true. The idea of you, I, any of us craving certainty, which this article goes on to discuss, is absolutely ridiculous. We crave certainty, it says. Our brains are so geared up for certainty that our subconscious can monitor and store over 2 million data points, which the brain uses to predict the future. And that isn't just a little neat side trick, it says. It's the primary purpose of the neocortex, which is 76% of the brain's total mass. Our brains reward us for certainty. Mm -hmm. If our nomadic ancestors were anxious about where their next meal was coming from, finding it would result in increased dopamine levels in the brain, in addition to a full stomach. Hmm. Now you get to rest. You don't have to go out looking for another uh, another food source. Goes on. You get the same rush from listening to music that has a predictable repeating pattern or from com or from completing a puzzle. Predictable activities satisfy our craving for certainty. How much certainty do you have in your life, ladies and gentlemen? If you were to isolate the conversation, isolate moments in your past, and kind of just travel back in time, if you will, get your brain up to 88 miles an hour, let the flux capacitor do its thing, and then I bet you can think of several situations where you were absolutely certain in some moments, and other moments you just, you hemmed and you hawed, you're going, I don't know what to do, I got to talk to somebody I need to do more research. I need to do more of this. I can't make a decision yet.
when it comes to the big decisions in your life, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit in the past before, is that sometimes you have to rely on your gut, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of people think that's bunk, and that's okay. I think there's a lot to be said, depending on the kind of person you are, there's a lot to be said about the importance of listening to your gut when it speaks. I'm not saying you should ignore reason or ignore logic or ignore what your your heart is telling you if such a thing is is possible and I personally I think it is. That's just the kind of that's the kind of person I am. I'm I'm big old softy when it comes to that. But your heart and your mind can betray you. The mind I put this trying to remember where this came from because I want to get the, not only do I want to get the quote right, I want to get the source right. It was, the mind sees what the heart feels. I think it, think that's how it went. Or is it the heart feels what the mind sees? Something like that. It just about knocked me on my ass when I heard it because it's, it's drawing a correlation between the two. But you can be betrayed by both. You can be betrayed by logic betrayed by logic because if you're not if you don't have your heart in something a person for example or a job or a child or a a hobby if your heart's not in it your brain is eventually going to convince you that this is a waste of time and then out the door goes certainty out the door goes conviction it goes on the brain perceives uncertainty as a threat which sparks the release of cortisol a stress hormone that disrupts memory, depresses the immune system, and increases the risk of high blood pressure and depression. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a big one. That is a big one. I don't need to I don't need to have the conversation with any of you listening about the issues and the challenges, if you will, that we're having with anxiety and depression in this country right now. Whether you're involved with the political conversation, you're involved with the mask debate, the pandemic itself. We are living in in very challenging times, but these, these times are nothing that we cannot get through as long as we try to work together, finding a balance between the two schools of thought. If such a thing exists, and I, and I certainly hope it does. I don't, I don't ever remember seeing us this divided and I, we got to get better. We got to find a way to put some of this bullshit aside and start doing more listening than we do talking. Anyway, I digress. Goes on. Leaders with conviction create an environment of certainty for everyone. When a leader is absolutely convinced that he or she has chosen the best course of action, everyone who follows him or her unconsciously absorbs this belief and the accompanying emotional state. Mirror neurons are responsible for this involuntary response. They mirror the emotional states of other people, especially those who we look to for guidance. This ensures that leaders with convictions put put us at ease. That's a pretty powerful statement. They mirror the emotional state of other people, especially those we look to for guidance. This ensures that leaders with conviction put us at ease. That's a big deal. When these leaders have conviction, people's 
people's brains can relax, so to speak, letting them concentrate on, on what needs to be done. When people feel more secure in the future, they're happier and produce higher quality work. Well, I'll be damned. Your people are motivated. They're inspired. They're, they're happier and they produce better for you? Hmm. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but it's, it's a really great article. If you get a chance to check it out, like I said, it's from Forbes back on June 28th, 2016. And the article is called Why the Best Leaders Have Conviction by Mr. Travis Bradbury. Does a great job. I think he's, yeah, he's a leadership um, contributor. This doesn't need to be a long, drawn-out conversation, ladies and gentlemen. It really doesn't. But I want to stress the point before I get out of here. If you don't have conviction, it doesn't mean that you can't have it. If you feel that you're living in a cesspool of indecision and uncertainty, it would behoove you to look at why that is. Have you been that way your whole life? Has this been a challenge or a struggle for you for most of your life? Or did you notice it at a certain point in your life? After high school, after college, during military service, after you got married, after you had kids? Maybe you had a job that you really enjoyed and it collapsed and you had to start all over. That's a really stressful thing to go through. Or... You had a 10, 15, 20, 30 year relationship end. And again, you're starting over. If you were the person that was making the decision, or even if you weren't, having conviction to survive that moment and find a way to heal through that moment, that's what conviction is. I bet a lot of you listening to this right now think that you don't have it, but you do. It's just lying dormant. It's something that you've been ignoring for whatever reason. Maybe to you, having conviction means that you're going to have to get in someone's space. You're going to have to make someone uncomfortable. Or you're going to have to tell someone no. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to get too esoteric on you. But none of us knows what happens after this life ends. Some believe we go back to where we came from, if such a place exists. Some believe that we go into a holding pattern, we wait there for a little while, and then we start another adventure. Remember those books when we were kids, Choose Your Own Adventure? Kind of like that. Like when this life ends, you go to wherever it is we came from, if there, there is such a place, and we start over. Even having those thoughts, even having those beliefs, that is conviction. And if you have it and it's just laying dormant because you don't want to upset somebody, you don't want to come across as problematic or insubordinate or not a, a quote, team player, you're doing yourself a disservice, ladies and gentlemen. Eventually, you're going to need to start standing up for yourself. And I've had to learn this the hard way a number of times in my life. I was given orders in the military that not only were outrageous and ridiculous, but completely violated my moral code. 
and I had to say no. And I had to stand in front of the man and tell him why I wasn't going to do something, knowing that there was a very real possibility I could have a stripe taken away. I could have the book thrown at me, but I stood my ground and I explained in detail why I wasn't going to do something. It's virtuous, ladies and gentlemen, to have conviction. It's a tremendous virtue to have. Trusting your gut, learning to develop assertiveness, certainty, looking out for yourself while at the same time doing what you can to look out for and help other people. I'm not saying you have to live a 100% altruistic life. It feels good to help other people. But having the conviction to know the difference and having the conviction to be able to decide what kind of life you want to live is one of the greatest favors that you will ever be able to do for yourself. And I mean that sincerely. Do not ever think for one second that this is as good as you're ever going to be. Because if you wake up tomorrow and you decide, you know what? To hell with this former version of me. I'm going to start working on myself. I'm going to start being better. Whether that's for myself or for my family, for my colleagues, I am going to take incremental steps every day to develop the kind of conviction that a person that I respect has. And you can absolutely do it. Just decide right now. Is this the best you can do? Is this person you are today the best you can be? The answer is no. We can always be better. We can have a more positive outlook. We can take better care of ourselves. And we can certainly work on having more conviction. Does that make sense? I hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, I sincerely appreciate you stopping by today. I love these talks. And as always, leave a comment if you'd like. Or if you want to come over and see us at thisatypicalman.com or the Atypical Man Facebook page, please feel free. And like I said in the, like I said earlier on, especially you fellas, if you haven't checked out the Mind Journal yet, definitely go give it a shot. I, I picked one up. It has been a lifesaver. And I'm not going to give any spoilers. But once you look into it, you're going to understand why. And why so many men are leaning into this and why it's been so helpful. Ladies, if you're listening, I don't mean to leave you out. You've got a lot more options when it comes to journals than some of us shaved apes have (laughs) when it comes to journaling, right? I want you guys to have a great and safe weekend. Do not be strangers around here. Come back and see us soon. Hell, come back and see us and listen to us whenever you want. We appreciate all of you. My name is Caleb, and you've been listening to The Atypical Man.